Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. My name is Julie, um, and I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm coming to you from beautiful downtown Joshua Tree, California. And um, it's hotter out here. (laughs) But thank God the smoke is mostly blown out. It's still not where it should be, but it's better. Anyway, um, I just want to start by, I'll give you all the statistics, but I want to start by what my day has been like. Um, My husband has an older sister and brother-in-law. They're like in their late to mid 80s, and they're not going to be around very long. So it's like, hey, let's go take him to breakfast. The problem is, is I did, I forgot that we live two and a half to three hours away from them. So I was up this morning with the sun and the moon. And uh, so we get all the way out there and we take them to, yeah, we're eating in a parking lot, right? And the mask and the whole nine. But the thing that got me, okay, is, okay, do you, are you allowed to mention food here? I mean, it's over here's anonymous, but yeah, okay, great. So these people are ordering a breakfast that would choke an elephant. I mean, a lot of food, okay? But they're old, and so they only eat like a quarter of it. And I was listening to my sister-in-law, and she goes, you know, I don't deny myself anything. I just eat till I'm full, and then I just eat a little bit during the day. And, and this woman is really thin. And I felt like I was watching National Geographic special, normal people and how they eat. It was unfreaking believable. I mean, she's a nice lady, so I didn't have to slap her. But I just thought, wow, what's that like to eat and, and, and to stop when you're full or to stop, you know, I mean, and we're talking biscuits and gravy. I don't give a shit if I'm fuller than crap. I'm eating every one of those damn biscuits, you know? So it's like, ugh. all right. So enough on that. But I just got to say that normal people just blow my mind. I don't get how they do that. I really, really don't. I don't. I have to weigh, I have to weigh and measure a lot of my food because I have a broken eyeball. They say, I just eyeball it. I even overfeed the cats. Okay, I got to really watch myself because I got one cat that looks like a, she's not really bad, but I don't want her to get bad, you know? And I I love her because she's a compulsive overeater like me. She eats cat food like people eat at a pie eating contest. I mean, just, you know, like this. And I found out it's because she was starved as a kitten. She was a rescue cat. And I think that's part of it. But anyway, what the hell has this got to do with overears? No, I'm like, it's probably not much. But um, I'll tell you a little bit about me. Um, I've been abstaining for 35 years. My top weight was over 200 pounds. My bottom weight was 98 pounds. And I weighed both of those things in this program. Um, I currently weigh about 114. And I've been weighing that for a little while. Okay, like a, several years. Okay. And, um, and I don't, anything I say here today, let me give you the disclaimer, 
is my opinion and my experience. You don't have to agree with any of it. And it doesn't make me right for you. It just means this is what I'm sharing you my experience, strength and hope. Okay. So my experience is, is that I was a fat baby, a fat kid, a fat young adult, a fat adult. And Overeaters Anonymous has enabled, enabled me to maintain a reasonable body weight now for many years. Um, I do weigh and measure my food, like I say, because I don't, I overserve everybody. I mean, it just doesn't matter who it is. It's like, I think that's a normal portion. They go, oh, put half that back. And I'm like, why? You know, so, you know, I don't know. So I have to weigh and measure because otherwise, eh, who knows what it is. Um, and uh, I use the tools and today I'm a little wacko because this is my second day without being able to go for a walk. It's beautiful up here. I'm surrounded by nature and I really miss it when I don't get to do a walk. I thought I still subscribe a lot to the woman I know who said, um, whenever I get the urge to exercise, I lay down until the urge goes away. And I'm of that nature, but I do like to walk. And so it's help, it helps keep me, it's one of those things that helps keep me on an even keel, okay? Helps keep me, you know, right there. Um, just not too crazy. And, uh, and so I've been able to do that to do two days. So who knows how this is all going to turn out, but, uh, I did pray and meditate and I asked the higher power, you know, show up. So we'll see what happens. So if this turns out to be a real bomb, you don't have to keep the tape. And, um, you guys could all pray to your higher power and say, what the hell? I was here for a meeting. This is what you brought. So, um, I've been on diet since the age of five. In my family, we tried to shame each other into recovery. So, you know, um, I made a decision really early on that nobody was gonna treat me like that anymore. And I would put myself on diets and I did. And um, they went like, you know, my weight chart went like this, down and then up a little higher and then down and then up a little higher and then down and then up a lot higher. And uh, it was the periods, I got to OA because the periods of uh, overeating and being overweight were getting longer and the periods of being able to stay on a diet were getting really short. As in, by the time I got here, I couldn't stay on my um, commercial food plan that starts with two letters. Um, I used to go breakfast, lunch, lunch, dinner, maybe binge at dinner. And then it was breakfast, lunch, binge and then after a while i just couldn't even make it to breakfast and it's like okay what do i do now jenny craig was still on the australian continent i knew you know people said they wired their jaw shut but i knew you can break out your front teeth and still suck through a straw so you know um and i knew dream away wouldn't work because those are little chocolate candies it's like what the hell so i'm grateful um, that I found over here is anonymous. Um, I waited till it was January and Monday night. That's when you start a diet. You don't start a diet now, okay? Unless you're really super, super desperate or in over here's anonymous. And it ain't a diet. It's a way of life. It's a plan of eating. And I didn't understand that for a long, long time. Okay, so I got in here and I lost weight. That's seven. Thank you. Oh, shit. I'm not even, I gotta get to OA. All right, let's just say this. I lost, I lost a lot of weight because I went to Africa and got dysentery. Knew I'd gain it all back, went to OA, maintained the weight loss for a while, gained it all back, 
and then came in here, but I didn't work the steps. I kind of did. I Step one, I admit I'm fat. Step two, I think this might help. And step three, if I have to turn my life and will over the care of God, I'll do it, but crap. Okay, and I didn't do a fourth step. It says in the big book, The Essentials for Recovery, that we trust God and clean house, work with others. God helped me, I was working with others, but I didn't trust God and I wasn't cleaning house. So in this program, I began compulsively overeating again. And I went from 90 to 200 in less than three months. And I did this in June, July, and August when it gets a little hot in Southern California. And uh, for the next two and a half years, see, this is what gets me. When I make a decision with my sober from food brain, it tells me, oh, well, I'll just overeat today, but tomorrow I'll get right back on. The minute I take that first compulsive bite, I'm now operating with a diseased brain that says, oh, F that. And uh, I didn't make it back for two and a half years. I went to meetings, I got sponsors, I tried to work the steps, and I could not stop eating compulsively for two and a half years. And then I was lucky enough to have a miracle occur at an AA meeting, because I was too ashamed to go to an OA meeting, and somebody told me something that I had never heard before, and they said, why don't you just try being kind to Julie? That had never occurred to me in my entire life, nor had anyone ever said that to me. And I thought, okay, I'll give it one more try. And it was not perfect. And the monkey was not off my back, or I should say gorilla, for about a good nine months. I was going to four meetings today, a day. Sometimes I would spend the day in the company of my sponsor because I knew if I did not... For me, this is a... This is a this, I have a brain that tells me this isn't serious. I have a brain that tells me, you're okay now. I, I just got a crazy brain. So I need over years non meetings and I need the literature and I need to sponsor people and I need to pray and meditate and I need to do all those things just to keep from going off the deep end because I'm not cured. I have a daily reprieve, okay? Daily, that's it, one day at a time. I don't have it licked, I don't have it made and it's not that food never bothers me, okay? I think last year when things were really rough in my household, I called my sponsor and I said, that's it. I'm buying polyester. I'm moving to the Midwest. I'm living on pancakes and casseroles and I'm going to start smoking and fuck this program. And she said, really? <laughs> I said, yes, I'm tired. And so we talked and I haven't moved to the Iowa. I haven't bought polyester. I don't eat casseroles and I'm not living in the Midwest and I'm still not smoking cigarettes. So um, the program works, but it, I don't work it. We do. I need everybody in this meeting tonight. I need, I need all the help I can get. Okay, so since my time's probably just about up, I, you know, people always say, I opened the big book to a page and, oh, it had something wonderful. I've never had that happen, except tonight. And what I like about this one is The Man Who Mastered Fear. And it says, um, I love this prayer. And it says on page 251 in the big book, it says, 
God, for 18 years, I've been unable to handle this problem. Please let me turn it over to you. I notice that he doesn't give God instructions as exactly how to help him. I do that. And he just says, for 18 years, and I feel like going, you know, higher power for all my life, I have been unable to handle this problem. Please, today, let me turn it over to you. Because I'm at the mercy of one or two things. I'm either at the mercy of the disease, or I'm at the mercy of Overeaters Anonymous and a higher power. The disease has no mercy. So I wanna be at the mercy of a higher power. I wanna turn it all over to a higher power. I wanna ask a higher power for help and then act as if the help will be there. And it goes on, you know, it just says that uh, when in his life, it's like, it just, got better. Mine's gotten better too, incrementally. Okay. And I like the way it says, you know, our defects will be removed. It doesn't say they'll be erased. <laughs> okay. I still got defects of character and they come up on a regular basis. Um, I raised my hand that I, I sponsor. I'm not available to sponsor because um, at one point I had like eight people I'm sponsoring. Now, maybe you can do that but it was it's tough so um and i don't know maybe that's to help keep me busy during this whole COVID thing but um all i'll say is that my life is good today okay my life is really good i don't worry about whether my clothes are going to fit thanks to over years namas i bathe regularly i didn't used to it was too much trouble okay I used to lie on a green Naga hide sofa, benching on bags full of groceries and reading novels till I passed out and come to and eat more. I didn't eat because I was hungry. I ate because it was still there. I'm the kind of eater that digs it out of the garbage can and eats it. I'm the person that will eat off your plate when you're not looking. But more than that, inside, I believe the lie that I am worth nothing and that I am no good. And Overeaters Anonymous is slowly helping me unlearn a lot of bad information I got early on. And it's helping me, it's helping me live a really, a really good life, despite the fact that I'm, I'm a nutcase who shouldn't be turned loose in the neighborhood without at least five meetings a week. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just the truth. And I'm sure my time, how much time do I have left, Eleanor? 60 you seconds. Have, you have three seconds and then you have one minute. Wow. Okay. A minute. Okay. I don't know what else to share except that um, I'll tell you what Overeaters Anonymous has done. I've told you what the disease has done to me. I'll tell you what Overeaters Anonymous has done for me. It's enabled me to be married and stay married and not cheat on my husband. I treated men like I did food, more is better. Um, it's enabled me to hold down a job. See, a lot, of, I don't know, some people I meet, they don't think that food changes their personality. It changes mine. It changes mine. I hate me, I hate you, and I try and fake it, but the reality is, is I got a real bad attitude when I'm eating. When I'm not eating, I have the opportunity to change that attitude. Because I wasn't eating compulsively, I was able to take care of my mom with Alzheimer's for five and a half years and not go crazy and not kill her. Um, 
I've been able to stay, like I said, I've been able to stay married. I was able to go back to school and get a degree. That degree allowed me to retire from a job I loved uh, that I had for over 20 years. And because I'm abstinent, um, people have a place in my life today. And I'm not running from people, places, and things today. So I'm glad to be here and I'm glad to be abstinent. I'm glad all you guys are here too. And Eleanor, thank you for timing. It's nice to see you. And it's that's.